What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports 360. I'm Jeff Fennell, and I'm here with my man, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Oh, you know, a little bit of everything, man. A um, little bit of everything. Uh, you know, I'm I'm settling into our new digs in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, um, you know, so far, so good, man. It's only been about two weeks that we've been down here. Um, I've had some friends up, you know, from New York and from New Jersey where we used to live asking me if I picked up a Southern drawl. Like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Brother born in the in Brooklyn, man. There's nothing that can overcome a New York accent. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so I, I don't want to hear that stuff. Um but wouldn't it be funny though, man, in about three or four weeks, man, all of a sudden I'm coming up here and I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> a southern accent <laughs> oh man but i don't think Ooh. that's gonna happen but settling in um and um you know it, it feels good so far but listen man the world of sports a lot of stuff going on um today i'd like to you know spend some time talking about javi baez the new york mets and the so-called thumbs down celebration. I think there's a lot to talk about there. Um, also want to talk about your New York Yankees, um, you know, just came off a 13 game winning streak and, you know, lost the last two in Oakland, but you have to be happy. I would think you have to be happy with how your Yankees are playing. I'm happy, man. I'm very, very happy. Yeah. Very, very happy. You should be, because um, they're playing some good baseball, so we'll talk about that a little bit. But, you know, Rob, I'd like to um, talk about something different to start out tonight, and and, and that's about uh, Shakari Richardson, um, you know, the um, American sprinter, um, 100 meters, 200 meters. Um, many people may know she missed out on the Tokyo Olympics because she tested positive um, for marijuana. And she admitted to smoking marijuana after, you know, a family tragedy, um, owned up to it. Uh, a lot of people came to her support and her aid and spoke up for her um, in that regard. Um, but she had a first race back, right? And um, to say it didn't go well, Rob, would be an understatement, right? Yeah. Uh, um she finished dead last in her heat. And so, and this was after doing a whole lot of pregame talking, including an ad from Nike in which she was boasting about, you know, I'll meet you at the finish line if you want to talk to me or something along those lines. And, and she didn't have a good showing and, you know, and then she made some comments afterwards uh, where she, um, was talking about she's still, you know, one of the fastest in the world and you can't take anything from her. And she dropped a profanity on, 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 on broadcast television in the process. And for me, Rob, I looked at it, man, and I got a little bit concerned because she then dropped out of the 200 meters. And I got concerned only because I'm thinking, where is her mental well-being right now? With everything that's happened to her, 
it's, you know, not being able to compete in the Olympics, coming out here and laying an egg, right? Finishing dead last in the Prefontaine Classic, um, having a, 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 a rant right afterwards, and then pulling out of the 200. I just started to wonder, is she mentally, put, put aside physically, is she mentally ready to compete? And I began to wonder if those around her were sharing the same concerns. I hope they are because right now it doesn't look good. Yeah, and that's a huge thing. And I know we spoke um, a long time ago now, but um, when, when Naomi Osaka pulled out and we spoke about mental health and her age too, being so young, and Richardson is only 21, so she's even younger. Um, and that's a big thing. And I think the physical, she may be in peak physical condition right now, but if the mental is not there, then the physical really doesn't matter too much. And we've seen that with athletes across the board, men and women, um, where it's just if, if there's a mental block or there's something going on that's stopping you, you're not going to be able to perform physically. And we even saw that with Simone Biles, you know, one of the most decorated Olympians ever, one of the greatest Olympians ever. She had to pull up because she just couldn't handle it mentally. She couldn't do it. And respect to her for acknowledging it and stepping out and taking a step back and saying, okay, I need to take a break. I know what people are expecting from me, but I need to take care of me first. And I think Richardson, like you said, I hope that she has the support of people who are looking out for her well-being and can help her see, if, you know, if she is going through stuff, can help her see that, hey, you know, let's take a step back if we need to. Let's focus on getting, getting your mind right. Because the body and the physical, it's all there. It's there. She has the talent. She's super talented. I mean, she's one of the greatest sprinters there is because she, she qualified for the Olympics. And, and that alone means that you're one of the greatest in the world. But, you know, she's going through a rough patch right now. And I hope that she does have <clears throat> the support that she needs to, you know, get past these obstacles right now in her path. I couldn't agree more. You know, and, and you, you, you alluded to it, right? You know, we've had other athletes deal with this. You know, you mentioned, you know, Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka, but, you know, you know, Michael Phelps talked about the pressure of mm. competing, you know, and we know Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan in the NBA well chronicled, you know, concerning their mental health challenges. You know, there's a lot of pressure on today's athletes, tremendous pressure. And you talked about Richardson's age. She's only 21 years old, 21. And, you know, she's, because of her talent, you know, she's in a fishbowl, a lot of pressure. Um, And then you're talking about the events that she runs. You know, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on 100-meter sprinters, male and female, right? Because the difference between success and failure, between first place and last place, It's not that much. And these are some of the fastest human beings on the planet. And if your mind is not as well-tuned, if not more so than your body, you're not going to win. You know, the, the mental aspect of that competition is fierce. And I believe that, you know, Sha'Carri Richardson was not ready to compete, um, in her last race. And it showed and then afterwards, I think it just got worse. And so, uh, you know, look, I'm just hoping that, as you said, 
that those around her take this seriously and um, just give her whatever support she needs, you know, not only to get back into physical shape, but also to make sure that mentally she's ready to compete so that she can continue to hone, you know, her extraordinary talent and, um, you know, can, you know, go out there and, and continue to do her thing. Yeah, I agree, man. I hope, you know, at, at, at a young age, you have friends who are going to be your guest people. And I hope that the actual support that she has, whether it's, you know, family or, you know, her team, whatever the case may be, that those people overshadow the, the yes people that she may have in her life. Because the, the real support is what she's going to need to get past this. And hopefully we'll see her in the Olympics in, in a few years. Yeah, I hope so. And obviously there's some important races along the way. And so we'll see. But it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, speaking of having yes people um, around you, I don't know if the New York Mets Javi Baez consulted with anybody. And I don't know if someone just simply said yes to his idea of the thumbs down celebration. Um, But if someone said yes, then he needs to reconsider them as advisors because this thumbs down celebration was not a good idea. Um, For those who may not know, Javi Baez acquired at the trade deadline by the New York Mets from the Chicago Cubs. He's come over. He hasn't played well. The Mets haven't played well. They were in first. Now they're in third and falling. Um, But Javi Baez started a thumbs down celebration. And when asked about it, said, essentially, the fans boo us. And if they're going to boo us when we're going bad, then when we have success, essentially, we're going to boo them by putting our thumbs down. And he put his thumbs down after hitting a home run. Francisco Lindor put his thumbs down after getting an RBI double. Some other players put their thumbs down. Okay, a lot to talk about here. I want to get your thoughts, though, Rob, first of all, on this whole idea of the thumbs down celebration um, that the Mets employed this weekend. I kind of wish Hoppy Baez would have just lied. I kind of wish he would have just said something like, nah, it's just something we do, you know, just making fun of each other, whatever, whatever, you know, it's something we just do. Because I know a few years ago, the Yankees had a similar celebration and it was in response to one fan, and I think it was a Mets fan when they played the Subway Series, who gave him a thumbs down when the Yankees were scoring a bunch of runs or something like that. So as their rally cries, they're joking, inside joke stuff, they started doing a thumbs down to each other. Not to the fans, nothing like that. But, um, yeah, man, this situation, it's worse than it is because he admitted to it and said, yeah, we're doing this in response to the fans. This, is, this thumbs down is for you guys who are booing us. And I think what Javi Baez forgot, maybe Lindor didn't tell him, and they're best friends, obviously, what maybe Javi Baez didn't know is that New York fans – are reckless. They do not care how players feel. They don't care. They will boo you if you do not perform. They have booed Derek Jeter in the past, and Derek Jeter is an icon for life. I don't think Derek Jeter ever has to pay for a drink in New York if he wants one. And he's been booed 
in New York. I remember him going 0 for 32 at one point, and he was booed during that 0 for 32. So nobody's immune to the booing in New York City. And this isn't a good look, man. It's just not. And I'm sorry to say it, Jeff, but this is a very Mets situation. You don't have to apologize. I mean, it's one of those things that if you're honest as a Mets fan, you you say, why why us all the time, right? This is like, <laughs> this has to be a New York Mets thing, you know? Um, it, it's it's almost hard to believe, you know, that, that this would happen. Um, but here's the thing. If we just take a step back and start with, an undeniable truth. Over the past month, or in fact, since the All-Star break, the Mets have been one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, right? Certainly among the so-called contenders, they've been the absolute worst, right? Mm -hmm. There's been no team that's been contending. And when I say contending, first, second, you know, maybe a little bit of third if you're the San Diego Padres, no team since the All-Star break has been as bad as the Mets of those types of teams, right? So none of them. So the Mets have been playing poorly. The fans have a right to boo. The fans should boo. Look, I've, I've not watched the Mets since the first game after the All-Star break when they lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates 4-1. to And it wasn't – so I didn't wait for a streak, right? It was – these guys aren't playing because they went into the all-star break. They weren't really playing well. And then they came out. I said, you know what? They got to earn my time back. You know what? As a fan, I have a right to say that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm turning you off. You talked about that with, when the Yankees not long yep. ago. Right. Yep. Fans have a right to say that I'm turning the channel. I'm going to, you know, use my money or my time in another way. And those who are still, investing their time and their money by going to the ballpark to watch the Mets, if they don't like what they're seeing, they have every right to boo. That's what fans do. That's what fans do. And you know how you stop booing? You win. Yep. You play better. You don't come up with a counter offensive you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) you don't you don't treat the fans as if they're enemies that's not what you do and to me that was the mistake here this is a no win situation for players you can't treat fans as booing fans as if they're the enemy. I'm talking about your own home fans. You can't yeah. treat them as if they're the enemy. You just can't do it, Rob. You can't. 100% agree. And like you said, man, they're going to boo. It doesn't matter what sport it is, what city. You're going to get boos from your own fans if you're not performing well. You're just, it's just going to happen. So you, you, you either you deal with it, you let it be, you ignore it. And it's not like these fans are doing anything crazy like we saw in the NBA playoffs or anything like that. It's, it's literally just booing. You know, they're not doing anything reckless or, or something like that. It's straight booze. You take it. You're not performing well. And, and Lindor was one who spoke about it before. He knows why he's getting booed. He's not performing. He was the biggest trade that the Mets have had in a very long time, signed a big money deal, and he's not performing. So, yeah, he's going to get booed. That's just, that's just what it is. Giancarlo Stein was getting booed two weeks ago. He went on a hot streak, and now we love him again. 
that's just that's just what it is, especially in New York. Yeah, and you said something important there, right? You said this is not fans doing, you know, coming onto the the, the field like the fans were doing in the NBA playoffs, right? Where we had this spate of fans coming onto the court. And that, and that's a good distinction because when that was happening, you and I and a bunch of others took fans to task, right? Yeah. You can't do that. So this is not about fans can do anything they want. No, they can't. They can't come onto the field of play. They can't and shouldn't be allowed to hurl racial racial epithets at players, right? They shouldn't be throwing things at players, whether it's balls or batteries or any other, you know, bottles of water or anything like that, right? So we're not saying fans can do anything. But what we're saying is if fans want to boo, they have every right to boo. Let them boo. And if you're a player, a professional player, even if you're a college player, but if you're a professional player, especially that comes with the territory. And, you know, to me, you know, you could put your thumbs down, but in my opinion, you, you, you might as well put your middle finger up because that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying to fans. When you do something like that, you're telling them where to go. Can't do that. Can't do that. No, I think that's a, that's accurate. That's a hundred percent accurate. What you just said there. hundred percent. Now the Mets issued a statement afterwards. And Rob, I just want to read this. Sandy Alderson issued a statement after Javi Baez explained what this thumbs down celebration was about. And this is the statement. It says in a post game press conference today, Javi Baez stated that his thumbs down gesture during the game was a message to fans who recently have booed him and other players for poor performance. These comments and any gestures by him or other players with a similar intent are totally unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Mets fans are understandably frustrated over the team's recent performance. The players and the organization are equally frustrated, but fans at City Field have every right to express their own disappointment. Booing is every fan's right. The Mets will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or is directed in a negative way toward our fans. I will be meeting with our players and staff to convey this message directly. Mets fans are loyal, passionate, knowledgeable, and more than willing to express themselves. We love them for every one of these qualities. What are your thoughts on that statement? I think it was straight to the point. It wasn't, there wasn't much fluff in there. There wasn't uh, really anything that I would point out and say, oh, maybe he shouldn't have said that. I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, he said he's gonna, they're going to meet with the players and stuff like that. Maybe you meet with the players before issuing a statement, but I think the timing of it kind of has to go out right away after the comments were made worldwide, basically. As soon as he said them, they were out there. I, and, and just to point something out, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, big Mets fan and all that stuff, he was one of the first fans, Mets fans, to go out and say, this team is not performing the way they should be performing. And he said it very publicly on social media. He just said, I'm disappointed in the way these guys are playing. They're not playing the way I expected them to play. So, I mean... And that, and that comes from your owner, who's a fan of, of the team. So 
I mean, I have no problem with the statement. I have a problem with the way Javi Baez is treating the fans. I guess, like I said, I wish he would have just lied and this would have become a non-story. But we're here now. Now you have to deal with the consequences. You know, at first for me, I was thinking, why did the Mets issue a statement? Why wasn't this just handled in-house? And I think, you know, to go back to your point earlier where you said you, you wish he would have just lied. If, if he or if he had just told, gave offered some other explanation, right? But the Mets, you know, front office found out what the real deal was. I think it would have been handled behind closed doors. But I think yeah. because of the very public nature of the explanation, I think the Mets felt compelled. And whether they had to or not, I'm not saying, and I don't know if I agree or disagree, but I think the Mets felt compelled to respond publicly as well, right? And to say, this won't be tolerated. Because I think they didn't, they could not leave unsaid and unspoken as far as the fans were concerned, their views in light of Javi Baez, so, you know, expressing his views so openly. So I think they felt they had to do it. Um, you know, but it, 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 it is to go back to your point, um, become too much of the Mets circus, you know, each year there's like, there's always seems to be something and, you know, for a team that, you know, spent a good deal of the first half of the season in first place and now is becoming an afterthought as far as the postseason is concerned. This is this is a a bad way to head into the last month of the season. Yeah, and and one thing too that's huge is that this team is supposed to be the start of a culture shift for the Mets. And from the very beginning of the off season with the hirings of of all these people and and the people they've had in the in, in the organization in the past, it's been a lot of controversy this year. And they kind of got past a lot of that by winning in the first half. But now, you know, like we've been talking about, the results aren't there. So a lot of this stuff is going to be highlighted. They're going to get booed. They're going to get some negative attention on them. And the way the players handle it, especially in these last 30 or so games of the season, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ruffle some feathers in the offseason. So this is a team to look at in the offseason. I mean, I don't know if Javi Baez resigns there. I didn't think he would resign there to begin with. I thought he was a rental from the get. But we'll see the way, you know, if there's anything going on organizationally in this offseason now, especially with the negativity from the second half on. Yeah. I guess the last thing I'll say is this. You know, I can, while not agreeing with any player, um, you know, engaging in this because again i think it's a losing proposition you can't take on your own home fans because they're booing you um but having said that you know i i do agree with javi baez when he talks about we're not machines right um and that the booing sometimes can just you know create added pressure and all the rest of it I'm not saying, uh, you know, I think he's right when he says that. And, you know, as a human being, you know, I think, you know, you can get to a point where you say, 
I've had enough. And if you're going to treat me like that, I'll treat you like that, right? Who hasn't had those kinds of sentiments for one reason or another with your neighbor, with your sister or brother, with your best friend, with your spouse, right? You know what I mean? Oh, you're going to do that to me? I'll do it to you too, right? We do that as human yeah. beings. I get it. But again, when it comes to being a professional athlete, booing's part of the territory, man. And for the most part, athletes wear it, right? So we got to acknowledge that. Most athletes, 99.9% .9 of the time, they simply wear it. You know what I mean? Because they understand that's part of the drill. Hobby buyers should have wore it, in my opinion. You just wear I agree. it, man. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, um, and meanwhile in Metsville, they've won two games in a row. So there you have it. Um, but who cares about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> After a month of losing, you finally win two games in a row. And no one's talking about that. Um, <laughs> only the Mets. Um Speaking about winning games in a row, your Yankees were on a nice little run there. You know, a Friday the 13th, 13 game winning streak. Um, you had to feel good, man, to see them, you know, just steamrolling over folks for a while. And then they lost their last two against Oakland. But, um, you know, they did take the first one and uh, have been playing some really good baseball. Your take on the Yankees overall? Yeah, man, I think we're finally starting to see them turn the corner. And we talked about it last week, you know, the acquisitions they made with Gallo and Rizzo are huge. And, you know, they've added pieces here to the bullpen, a bunch of guys that they're pulling a book out of the page out of the Rays book, getting guys that we don't know about and are doing great. Clay Holmes is one, Wandy Peralta, guys like that that are just coming in and, and getting out. And I think they're, they've turned a corner. They're playing much better baseball. They're getting some guys healthy. Uh, Glaber Torres is supposed to come back. Void is obviously back. Um, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. You know, they lost two in a row to Oakland. I'm okay with that. They won 13 in a row. Kluber's coming back. I think he's pitching today. So we'll see what he can give, and hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully Severino comes back healthy. I'm excited for this team. You know, 30 games left, 32 games left for this team. They're in good position in the wild card. I don't know if they'll catch the Rays. They're six back, and the Rays are playing some great baseball. But I'm happy with the way the team is performing. They're coming together, and I'm excited. I think they're a team that people are not going to want to see in the playoffs, especially that one wild card game, which I hope is against the Red Sox so we can really knock them out. But, <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to a Red Sox-Yankees game at Fenway at the end of September. And I keep telling people that's going to be the last day the Red Sox are in playoff contention because the Yankees are going to knock them out. But if not, I hope we knock them out in the wild card. So we'll see. I'm happy, though, with the Yankees. Yeah, you have to be. I mean, again, um, you know, for a good stretch of time, they weren't playing very good baseball. And speaking about getting booed, they were getting booed, right? You even mentioned Stanton was getting booed. Judge was getting booed. Aaron Boone, right? Um but it comes with the territory um, yeah. and how, but now those boos are turned into cheers. Why? Not because you came up with some counteroffensive, but because you started to win. That's it. Win. Yeah. Play better. And especially as you mentioned in New York, you, you don't get 
a trophy in New York for trying and all the rest of that. And you, and you certainly don't get a, a trophy for crying in New York. You got to, <laughs> you got to win. Yeah. Or at least play better. Right. I, I think if you play better and you're competing and you're going out there and maybe there's just a talent deficit, you know what I mean? Like the Knicks have been like that for a long time. Right. But people still came out and they would, you know, they would cheer on the Knicks. But they knew they were undermanned. They knew there was a talent deficit. But if you play hard, you tr- you play well to your abilities, New York fans will understand. But if you play yeah. below, then you're going to have an issue. Yankees had it. What did they do? They raised up their level of play. You know, they become one of the hotter teams in baseball. And those boos are cheers right now. They earned it. And so, yeah, I think you have to feel good if you're a Yankees fan of how the Yankees are playing. And I 100% agree. If the Yankees finish out strong, I think they will be one of those teams that, you know, um, other teams in the American League will will not want to face, you know, just because of the pedigree, because of the talent, and because of the aura. The Yankees still have an aura, man. Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they do. I, and I think that they're going to be teams that aren't going to want to play the pinstripes. But you know, we 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 do have a little bit of baseball to play. They have to keep, they have to keep you know pressing forward, Rob. You know what I mean? Because Tampa's still playing well, man, and they haven't given a quarter. And the Red Sox are still hanging in there too. So the Yankees have to continue playing well. Yeah, and they have the schedule on their side. They, I think the next six games are against teams that. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up on another winning streak. They got the Angels, Baltimore, and then they face Toronto. That's tough. And then we got a Subway series with you guys. So Yeah. And the Mets will be playing better by then. <laughs> <laughs> the bar's low, bro. They got to be playing better by then. <laughs> so the only team that's really that I worry about, honestly, maybe Toronto because they always play well against the Yankees. But they have a favorable schedule to end off the season. So I'm I'm hoping... They continue to play well, and I'm not expecting another 13-game winning streak. It'd be nice. Not expecting it, but I, I'm expecting some good stretches here to end off this year. Yeah. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Listen, real quickly before we, we jump on up out of here, um, uh, NFL football, there was something over the weekend that caught my attention, and that was, first of all, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, they, they have a preseason winning streak. You're talking about stuff that doesn't matter, right? <laughs> they have a preseason winning streak, uh, NFL record, 20 games. So this is obviously going back years and years, right? And I'm thinking to myself, what a meaningless statistic, right? <laughs> I mean, all kinds of meaningless statistics. An NFL pregame winning streak of 20 games. But but the more important story coming out of Baltimore, though, was that their starting running back, running back, J.K. Dobbins, started in that game. And nine plays into the game, went down with an injury that turns out to be a season-ending ACL injury. Now, most NFL teams don't play their starters at all the entire preseason, right? And here it is, the last game of the preseason. And I'm not saying they they started him so that they can keep their winning streak. They didn't. But he started the game. And he's now lost for the season. And again, 
Ezekiel Elliott's not playing in the preseason for the Dallas Cowboys, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the guys ain't playing, and you know what I mean? That's not how it goes. So for me, it's a head scratcher. And they actually asked, the media did, they asked, you know, uh, Harbaugh, um, the, the coach of the Ravens, uh, they asked him, um, you know, why was he playing? And, you know, Harbaugh said, well, that's a fair question. And that's, a, you know, we could have that conversation. I'm like, yeah, we can have that conversation because it's a, it is a good question. Why is this guy playing? in the last preseason game before the NFL season starts. So now he's done. That makes no sense, man. No, especially a running back. Running backs are already, you know, the most beat-up position there is in the, in the game in general. To have a guy out there, you know, risk an injury, and then here you go. It, it reminds me, too, of um, the Jets a few years back where Rex Ryan was the coach. They put Mark Sanchez in the game. They put him in the game, took him out, put him back in, got got hurt. That's the end of Mark Sanchez and the Jets. He never recovered from the shoulder injury. Done. It, it just doesn't – it baffles me, that kind of decision to put in, especially in the last preseason game. If you want to put him in a couple series in the first game, maybe in the second game, but anything past the second game, man, that, that's off limits when it comes to guys like that, especially running back. Yeah. And so now they're going to have to piece it together for the rest of the season as Dobbins, you know, recovers from the ACL injury. So, um, you know, but it it does let us know, of course, that football is on the horizon. So, you know, um, you know, we obviously will be looking to the kickoff of the NFL season as we continue to keep our eye on the pennant races and all the other things going on in the world of sports. So, but brother, it was good to, to chat with you one more time, man. And, um, you know, keep your head up, keep your thumbs up, (laughs) (laughs) keep everything pointing up. All right. Uh, we don't want, (laughs) we don't want to get into any kind of controversy. Uh, on this but um we'll we'll keep our eye on stuff man and we'll come back next week man we'll 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 do it all again knock out another edition of sports 360 but good talking to you brother and look forward to catching you next time i'll see you man thank you okay take care man